Hey, this is Lori from Hike, sharing stories that inspire us to explore, wander, and live. I'm recording this introduction on a gorgeous Sunday fall afternoon. It's getting to be um, later in October, and the weather actually was gorgeous this weekend. And as the sun is filtering through my office, it's reminding me that I need to get outside today. Actually, I had a nice little hike yesterday with my friend Kathy. She took me to this wonderful little nature preserve. You can check out some photos on my Instagram account if you want to and uh, check out the gorgeous walk we had along the Grand River in Lansing and through the nature trails. She's completing her 52 hike challenge and doing a pretty good job of it. Just a few more to go and I know you're going to do it, Kathy. Good luck. So at the end of this summer, I had the opportunity to interview Ranger Jess and Ranger Crystal of Ask a Ranger podcast. If you have not checked out their show, you need to go listen and hit subscribe. It is such a fun podcast and Ranger Jess and Ranger Crystal, who work in the North Carolina State Park System, educate listeners in a fun way about a lot of cool things that are part of the environment and just part of the outdoors. Whether they're taking us to a museum, to the highest peak in North Carolina, or talking to someone on an archaeological dig, you're going to find out so much stuff and have a lot of fun along the way. So take a listen to my conversation with Ranger Jess and Ranger Crystal. So I am here with Ranger Jess and Ranger Crystal from Ask a Ranger podcast. So thank you for being on today. Thanks for inviting us to be here with you. Yes. So first, why don't you introduce yourselves, just who you are and kind of what your role is as a ranger. So my name is Ranger Jess and I am a park ranger at William B. Umstead State Park in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm a ranger two, um, and right now what we do, one, two, there's no more threes anymore. So it's a management ranger, but we basically do every, like we all work together, the ranger ones, twos, and supers, along with maintenance to get whatever we need to, tasks that we need to get done uh, for the day. So in Umstead, it's a 6,000 square acre park, with uh, multi-use trails, which are gravel trails. A lot of them are, were old roads. And uh, we have a small, what we call a lake, but I call them ponds, about three ponds, one which you can uh, canoe on. Okay. So our focus, go ahead. No, I was just saying, okay, so it's not like swimming lakes, but they're like things you can paddle on. Oh, no, you don't want to swim in these lakes. <laughs> we're surrounded by a city and we have like 1.8 million visitors and a lot of them bring dogs and there's also other animals that are wandering around so you can imagine big rainstorms the quality of water would not be something you would be like yeah let's go swimming in but yes you can absolutely rent uh the canoes and go for a canoe around the a paddle around the lake so that's kind of our attraction the people uh, or the activities that are usually attracted to our park are like the runners hikers bikers equestrians 
people that want to, you know, uh, picnic and go for a, a little boat ride. And then we have uh, drive up or what I call Cadillac camping, tech camping. So, which is different from what Crystal has. <laughs> Hi, Crystal. Uh, hey, how's it going? Um, so I'm Ranger Crystal and I am a park ranger too at Falls Lake State Recreation Area. And they, unlike Jess's park where most people just like you don't see them, they park the car and they're on the trail. Uh, our visitors come to camp uh, or to use the swim lake because you can actually swim in our lake. <laughs> the quality is a little better. So we have more, I guess, interaction with our visitors actually while they're recreating where Jeff has to like go on the trail and find, <laughs> find her visitors. <laughs> uh, I've been with North Carolina State Parks since I was 16, so almost 15 years of my life. <laughs> um, so it's, I guess it's done pretty well so far. Oh, yeah, it's almost half now. That it, whoa, big <laughs> three. Oh, this year she's sad. But so that's like, it, you're, you're a lifer, aren't you then? I think, <laughs> I think so. I'm trying to tell her she is. Yeah. Let's convince her together. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's it's been almost half your life, so you are well ingrained in the ranger. Yeah. Dedicated life. You're stuck here. <laughs> All right. So that kind of leads me to the next question of like, did you guys always know that you wanted to work in the park system? I have known obviously since I was 16 when I got my summer job working in the entrance station at Fold Lake where I currently work. It was a really cool job. I got to be out like I knew that park rangers were law enforcement officers and were educators and they got to be outside all day. And those were either being a, a cop or a teacher were the things I was interested in at the time to be when I grew up. And so I just stuck with state parks and I get to do all the things I wanted to do and be outside. So yeah. I don't know. I've never thought of doing anything else. So what about you, Jess? Um, I, yes and no. I, I did initially start out, um, you know, my, when I was growing up, my heroes, my superheroes were park rangers. Um, they knew everything I wanted to know and things I didn't know I wanted to know because I was lucky enough that my mother took us on a cross-country trip to national parks, and that's when I ran into these individuals. Um, oh, wow. And so I was like, yeah. And so then I went to college, but I wasn't the greatest student. <laughs> and, at the, you know, I was out in Montana, and, you know, it was a highly competitive field. I also knew I wanted to serve my country uh, via – the military because it was a kind of a family tradition so I joined the Marine Corps after um, I graduated from college and then I circled back around after I was I realized I didn't want to make a uh, career out of the Marine Corps I, I realized you know I want to get back into being a park ranger and so I kept knocking on doors until they let me in <laughs> <laughs> and that's all she wrote right <laughs> you knocked that's you knocked, right you knocked Boom. hard enough I am we're here <laughs> so I mean so what do you think about the next generation then of being rangers so like you know how are young people responding to that or do you feel like people are kind of coming up and you think there'll be people you know when you do eventually retire you think people are going to be there to take your place I think so I just recently had to hire uh, a new ranger to work at my park and we had really great applicants. Um, I mean, that is promising to see people staying in the field of parks and recreation, which is um, what I think a lot of us have our degrees in. That is an actual degree, parks recreation. You can go to college to learn how to play games and stuff. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I, I think getting the word out that like you can actually, you know, work in the field of recreation. Maybe most people don't understand that that's a thing. So I think our biggest maybe issue is getting the word out that working in a park is a job that you can have full time, like as your career, not just a cool thing that you do one summer um, before you grow up. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, every year we, each park has to hire on seasonals for the busy season. And I, I've never been disappointed. I mean, we have a lot of young people still coming into into this field. We still have people uh, maybe not coming in as seasonals, but they're contacting us for, you know, other in other ways, whether it's through the colleges wanting to do projects at or through our park um, or at and through our park. Um, even, you know, Eagle Scouts and Girl Scouts, um, you know, coming in from that angle as well. Mm -hmm. So all these all these ways in which people are accessing the parks that I knew as a kid growing up are still there. And they, you know, they still seem to be flourishing and bringing in kids that are, you know, still have that, you know, starry-eyed look when they come into the park. You know, the, the, the look that I knew I had when I came in. So as a kid visiting. Yeah. So, yeah. So as a kid, I know, and I was going to ask you one of the questions I'm going to ask is kind of the differences between being a ranger. I know you just recently did an episode, which I thought was excellent about talking about someone who was a ranger at the state park level, but then also had been at the national park level. And I was thinking about the programs that they have, you know, I always hear about the junior ranger program, right. Um, at national park. Is the state park system in North Carolina, do they offer something kind of similar to draw people in, to draw the families in? Yeah, we just, 2016 was our centennial of North Carolina State Park. So during that year, we launched our own junior ranger program. And this year actually got a reboot. And so we have an all new junior ranger program that's got a really cool book and you each park you go to you do the, the junior ranger program there and at each park you have the opportunity to complete it and then get a patch that is unique to that park that you're at so we have what 41 state parks i think now so a family you know could take their kids and the kids could end up with 41 different patches from all the state parks so it's a really cool program we enjoy as rangers helping with it because uh, one of the things the kids have to do is like interview us and ask us questions about the different parts of our job. Oh, so it's really? really fun for us. And then get, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then getting to square the kids in mm -hmm. um, as junior rangers when they complete their booklet. Oh, that's awesome. They're really cool patches. I mean, if I was, you know, if I had a motorcycle, I'd have a leather jacket with all the So is there a way for adults to get the patches? Like, could I come and visit the park and be a junior ranger. We we might we might be able to slide yeah. you on. I was like, you got an inside connection. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we've, got, we've got cool ones too. I really feel like I missed out when I was little. I didn't get that whole experience. So, um, you know, even my kids are older, so I can't even live vicariously through them right now. They have no interest <laughs> in doing that. No, or I've got a teen like that. So, yeah. She says. If, she says, I'm like, you know, Papa, if it's it's rough and it's a four star, I'm like, girl, you need to get a new mother because I, <laughs> I, I don't earn that much. <laughs> so I was going to tell you, though, that I did interview a family, um, a gentleman who was taking his family to all 41 of your parks. 
So he is doing the, a park challenge through North Carolina, and he was very excited about that. So I told him to go check you guys out. And I don't know if he's been to oh, well, the park. Yeah, but but yeah, it seemed like a cool initiative, and he just started it. Um, I think actually in early part of this year, and wants to mm-hmm. hit them all up. And I think he has about maybe ten or so more to go. Oh, wow. that's incredible! I know, right? Tell me about a day in the life of being a ranger. Well, it like it really varies. Um, so today we're sitting here ch- chatting with you. Yesterday I was, I came on duty on late shift, and I passed uh, one of my coworkers who was digging ditches. So I jumped in and, you know. Got muddy enough to look. No, I was digging, helping them dig ditches. But um, and you know, and then following that, I went in and uh, checked in with the rest of the crew. And um, and the day before that, you know, I was cutting lumber for another project for to repair a dock. And you, you know, at, at night, I'm doing checking campers in and uh, doing you know basically law enforcement if there's any attention that needs to be done. You know, people management. Um, there's yeah, there's not. There's no one day that is like another. So it's a hard question. I don't know. Maybe you can answer it better. I'm kind of scatterbrained right now. So Yeah, I think that. And I think that's the biggest like min- misconception that people have about park rangers is I, we, I guess we all get the jokes about the picnic baskets and stuff like that. But just all of the things that we do as park rangers that make each day different, which I think is what draws us to the job because like one day we'll be doing an uh, uh, insect program at a preschool for a bunch of three-year-olds. The next day we'll be issuing citations or, you know, have to make an arrest because someone's broken the law in the park. The next day we can be doing a prescribed fire in our park and, you know, setting the woods on fire on purpose. And, you know, the next day we're going to be in the office all day writing reports and answering emails. So we really do get to do so many different things that maybe just the general public doesn't realize all all that we do as rangers and then also all the things that our maintenance staff have to be knowledgeable too. They have to do everything from just cleaning a bathroom to know how to rewire an electrical breaker on a campsite to fixing the plumbing uh, in the bathroom when it breaks down and being able to also like have decent carpentry skills to build things. So just the, I guess the multi-specialists that all of us have to be in North Carolina State Park so that we can keep the parks up and running for our visitors. Mm-hmm. And and don't, you know, and the other part of that is all these things that she mentioned that could happen one day that I say that can also happen all in one day. All in the same day, too, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was thinking, I've had that, 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 and all happen in one day. So, um, and just like you said, that's why we love this job. I, I, I couldn't imagine being a, a specialist. I like being able to because it's not just that I get to do all these things I also get to learn all these things like I'm constantly learning uh, and um, you know developing new uh, skills so there's no way that you're getting bored at work no so you were talking about though like I mean some of the things you have to do you were saying that you might have to do the law enforcement side and citations and you said even arrest yeah yeah wow i call it telling grown adults not to do or do what they know they're not supposed to be doing like 
I would say it's my least favorite part. Yeah. Um, and that's not for everybody, but I, you know, I just, people know how to behave and they choose not to. And so it's, so that, you know, that's why we have to be, to do the law enforcement because the outside law enforcement doesn't know our parks the way we do. And they don't know uh, the particular rules and regulations that get broken and the importance and how it would snowball if they weren't following those rules. Um, so it is very important aspect of our job because when you need somebody, you need them right now, not five, 10 minutes if they can find you from the outside coming in we're there, we need to address the situation. So I do, I do appreciate that that's an aspect of our job. So what kind of things do you run into at your park? I think it's probably per park has their own Achilles heel. Yeah. Um, so mine is honestly, and uh, it seems trivial when you first say it, when you say, oh, dogs off leash, but uh, um, they, they kill wildlife. You know, they run off, they get scared or they chase something and then they're lost. And there's, and we're surrounded because we're in the middle of the city. We're surrounded by highways and just 6,000 square acres for something that is not familiar with the area to get lost. It has, you know, they, they have the potential of negative interactions with the public. And we, again, have 1.8 million visitors a year. Um, our trails, I've done trail counts where I've had people passing, walking down a trail every two minutes at the very least. Um, so it's detrimental that everybody has those animals. Even they think they're cute and fluffy and pay attention and, you know, they're dogs in the end. And other people shouldn't have to decide whether or not your dog is friendly. So that was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can tell what my issue is at the bar. <laughs> but uh, so that's, you know, that's for us because, again, it's more of like a day use atmosphere where people are coming in to hike and walk and are they really? Are you also having to educate like on the leave no trace? Um, I'm thinking another kind of encounter with the dogs is kind of leaving the waste everywhere. I don't oh, know. Well, <laughs> or the waste in the bag on the middle of the trail. I'm like, if you're going to pick it up, pick it out. Otherwise, I don't, you know. I feel like people think <laughs> that there's like just people that come in after and just clean all that up because I don't understand it either. You know, I can see if you want to yeah. leave it there and then they're kind of walk and they figure they're going to come back and then that way and then pick it up. But yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think perhaps that is a misconception that we have that kind of time to be on the trail. Because I think we all would love to be on the trails or, you know, in the park exploring to know every inch of the park, you know, but we don't get that time. We have, you know, facilities to maintain. We have people to manage. We have, you know, campers to check in. There's always something that we just can't be on all the trails, all the, for us, it's over, 30 miles of trails to multi-use and foot trails. So, so and then right. with Crystal's got her, you know, cause she's got a reservoir. So she has a, a whole, the visitor that visits us will act 180 degrees different when they go to a reservoir because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a different park. It's got different amenities. So she's got her whole thing. It's not necessarily yeah. dogs off leash. Yeah. I think how Jess mentioned is each park has their own, I guess, issues. Being a reservoir, you know, we have our camp, we have our campgrounds. But like in our day use areas where people just come for the day, I think our biggest issue is alcohol. Alcohol isn't allowed in the state parks. Okay. So that can lead, that can escalate things and, you know, lead to, we get, we get several DWI arrests. So we just try to like nip it in the bud uh, as soon as we can by getting the alcohol, um, you know, imported out, poured out so that it's not an issue. Nothing escalates from there. Yeah. Alcohol can, uh, and then you're leading with people, or, dealing with people that um, who are inebriated and probably even harder to talk to. (laughs) 
So, yeah, so we talked about your challenges or what about the opposite? What do you find is the most rewarding part of what you're doing or the thing you like the most about it? I think one of the more rewarding parts of the job is being able to do educational programs for not just children, but for adults as well. And we, whatever topic that we're covering, get, like we see like the little light bulb turn on where they mm-hmm. get it. Like the kids like learn a cool fact about a possum or maybe even like the adult that you've maybe made a little less afraid of a snake where they spent their whole life being terrified of a snake. And you can kind of like, like, no, like snakes are cool and give them some cool facts and maybe have them pet the end of the snake like just to see that they're not slimy and gross. Like that snakes play an important role in our uh, environment. So I think that's a really great rewarding experience because hopefully it's, Whatever, whatever that person has learned, they'll take with them for the rest of their life and maybe even, you know, it'll impact the way that they see nature or their interactions with the um, outdoors. Okay. What about you, Jess? I, you know, I'll just tell you back off of her. I, I agree that, you know, the positive um, educational experiences that you have with especially children who are, like you had stated earlier, they're going to be the ones that are taking our place and caretaking, you know, being the, the caretakers of the environment when we're gone. Um, so being able to see them engage and develop a relationship with the outdoors is great. And just, you know, anything from seeing a finished product when you, you're fixing a trail and seeing the work that you sweat all day and it's a now well-groomed trail for our multi-use trails or if it's having like a positive, you know, and we have many of them, positive daily interactions with the public. It's, I'm originally from Chicago, so you know, you go if you've ever been to Chicago, I yeah. love it. But you know, you're you're here, you gotta get there and you don't smile and stop and wave. And it was one of the things I had to learn when I came here. I first started at Car Lake and I asked my friend, Why are, why is everybody waving at me? Like <laughs> I've just seen them five times a day. She goes, It's the South. You need to wave every time. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you see them twenty times, you will wave every time. And and that has followed through with just the environment of the park system in which you can just it have a random wonderful conversation with total strangers mm-hmm. you know a simple hey how are you is awesome it's you know a smile it's a conversation it's a human connection and it's a human connection uh, outdoors which then you know develops a positive and lasting uh, enforced positive relationship with the outdoors that they'll have and that I have you know continue to have so one thing that I think is really cool that you ladies are doing is that you're also you know you have your podcast and you know, you have another avenue of how you're doing outreach and educating people, um, making it fun and interesting. How did you even come up with the idea to do Ask a Ranger? Uh, because I saw everybody on Facebook stop asking about what book, you know, well, they were still asking, you know, what's the summer read? It was now the summer podcasting. So I was like, I think it was, on, I was on a fire or something. I was like, Crystal, what's, what's, what's the podcasting thing? I'm the the older one. I'm totally out of touch at times. She's, you know, and, you know, it's explained to me. And so I thought, well, you know, what was the one thing that Crystal and myself and other park rangers have found every time they give a program? A lot of times we'll ask how many people, you know, how many of you guys have been to this park before or a park? And there's so few hands that go up. It's like, well, how else can we reach you? And this is another avenue. Like maybe you're, maybe if it's an 
economic reason you can't get out to us. Well, this is free. If it's a, you know, the, your caretakers aren't, don't have that same interest, well, you can listen to this and you can start your relationship with the outdoors, even if, virtu even if it's virtual, you know, by engaging and listening to things such as this podcast. And I just the reception. my direct supervisor. <laughs> so what's the reception you've gotten? Are you hearing from all ages? Like what kinds of things are you hearing back from your listeners? Our moms both love it. <laughs> I think this is the most important thing. <laughs> that is important. Yes. I think we have a wide range of listeners actually from like all over the world too, uh, not just North Carolina where we are. So it's been, we just started our third season and you know, with each episode, we definitely see the numbers increase and we're getting out there and it's just steady, steady increase of listeners, which I think is kind of how we like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just building. One, one of the things I, I wanted to make sure was that, um, because I'm on a couple forums for like in, on Facebook forums where they do podcasting and people are saying, Oh, you got like 10,000 listeners in the, in the first like week. And I'm like, what? Like, I, 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 yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. I'm, I'm very proud of you. And that's wonderful. I'm getting, but I want, I wanted to be like, I wanted this podcast to be like Mr. Rogers because I feel like I want it to be very like neck, like you could, because kids feel like they can come talk to us. And I want this to feel like it's just the same people that you see and can come up to in the park, that I could be your neighbor, that, you know, like, it's just very, like, I don't know what to, other than to say, like, Mr. Rogers, like, just very homey, like, family-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? He was the great. Yes. There's a movie coming out about Mr. Rogers, isn't there? I know. I'm excited. I want to see yeah. it. Yeah. With Tom Hanks. Yeah. So Tom what a great, that's a good match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the trailer, but yeah, I probably would cry. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm going to have to watch after I watch it. So I can like, what has been some of the most surprising things, I guess, that have happened part of your podcasting journey. You said this is now your third season. Is there anything, you know, you would have, kind of said, wow, I didn't realize it was going to happen like that or, or things you might have wished you would have told yourselves to prepare for. I think we got invited to come to Reno next year and speak to the California Park Ranger Association. What? Like at their Wow. Your I know. I know. What? That's the, that's the reaction that does not have. <laughs> uh, so that I think was surprising for me yeah. and us um, that it's, opened a lot of doors for us because I'm not going to lie. I'm using this to be able to go talk again. My, like a lot of my heroes, like, yeah, I think we're hopefully going to be able to talk to one of the superintendents for the Smoky, if not both of them for the and, uh, national park system, the Smokies, that's education amazing. and great. Yeah. And the law enforcement. Yes. And then we might get to go to, cause it, uh, to the zoo too. I'm hoping for some, <laughs> I'm hoping for some like a little background you know, behind the scenes for the cat or any of it really just to have a conversation with, you know, again, a group of people that are very knowledgeable about certain species and, you know, flora and fauna in order to get out that education. Yeah. What I thought was so, really yeah, nice about your guys' show is that you're always, I mean, all of it is, has that educational component. I mean, you were talking to professors and other park rangers and it just, there's just a lot of that in there where I take away something like learning about shark teeth and, 
you know, all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't necessarily learn about. I wasn't listening. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I hope, yeah, I, I, I didn't want it to be, you know, so specific. I wanted to be able, because in order, if, you know, at the core of it, I, you know, we want people to develop a relationship with the outdoors and the environment. Because to me, if you develop a relationship with something, then, and I feel other people probably believe this too, that you develop relationship, then it has value to you. And, and we want that in order to continue to have conservation preservation. So if the only angle we're coming at is like, oh, we're just going to talk to park rangers, then I feel like I might be missing it with some kid or even, you know, some adult somewhere. So let's, let's open the doors so that they can see, hey, you don't just have to be a park ranger because, you know, you may not want to do what we do, might, especially with us, which we have, you know, so many different things, law enforcement, fire, whatever, you might not want that. But you might be interested in being a zookeeper or being a paleontologist or, you know, things that still include, sorry, that was my radio. I want to give more open doors so they can see that it's not just one one direct route that there is a lot of ways out to have a career and to experience the outdoor world so do you what do you do in your downtime then i mean is there are you is there a favorite park that you guys like to visit i'm super partial to north carolina state parks like i know i like work for them but in our state the way it's laid out is we're we're in the center and I are in the center of the state. So within two and a half hours, we can be at the beach or at the mountains. Um, you know, so that's, I like to have in that variety. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I went and hiked in the mountains and I visited two of our state parks that I hadn't been to yet. Next week on my day off, I'm going to drive to the beach and get some salt air and sun. Uh, so I like having the, the variety here in our state, like just within a couple hours drive. What about you, Jeff? Well, I'm busy with the, I told you I had a teenager. Well, I didn't tell you also I have a seven month old. <laughs> so yeah, but he really enjoys what gives him a lot of peace uh, is he likes to be outside looking around. So I've, I've had a lot of joy experiencing even our park, you know, just exploring our park and, uh, and, and seeing it kind of through his eyes and see him looking around. So, you know, I have my favorite little haunts and walks within my own park um but you know once we can start branching out once he's more favorable to longer you know a trip then uh, we'll be able to get back out into the other parks but for right now especially in the winter here like i'm gonna have to drag crystal out um because one of our ranger is rangers is like he could find his way anywhere and so what we do it's like almost like we're like your nine-year-old, your eight or nine-year-old again going exploring. And so in the wintertime when we don't have like all the facilities open and we have a little bit more time to actually really explore and know every inch of our park, we'll just go. And it's like, I'm with my brothers and I'm just hiking through the woods, totally off trail, mm -hmm. getting to know every inch of the park. And it's like, and I, I got paid that day for that. Like, like, I don't think people fully understand how fantastic my job is. That was, that was just my best day ever. I got to be with my brothers and sisters and, and explore. I think yeah. a lot of us who are going to be listening are, are going to say, gosh, man, I went into the wrong career. <laughs> Switch over. I, I never do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I started late. I, you know, I, I came out of the Marine Corps. I, I, there's plenty of other rangers that I can think of that came into this career later on in life. 
Um, and again, it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of outdoor recreation jobs that don't have to be necessarily park ranger that, you know, you can always switch over. So, so yeah, the New York County Park, mm -hmm. those are good options as well. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so you're talking about the being, having the best of both worlds where you guys are at because you can go to the beach and then you can go to the mountains really within the same, you know, couple hours either way. So you, you got to tell me the beach side or the mountain. Do you have a preference? I'm at the beach. <laughs> mountains. <laughs> I'm trying to, but she doesn't like the winter time in the mountains. That's when I want to go. <laughs> oh, it, it, well, I mean, you guys do get snow up in your mountains. I mean, so it's not like, uh, I mean, an elevation, you're going to get something. But yeah, I, I got to say, North Carolina mountains are beautiful. So. They are really great in the summer. Mm -hmm. Really great in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> nice and cool. Uh, what adventures do you have planned next? Besides Reno. Um, so, um, well, I guess maybe I should answer it since I'm pulling the calendar up. We've got a canoe trip that we're going to do a recording on. I think he wants to do like Mayo River State Park history. So that's going to be really interesting. And we're going to be able to canoe while we're doing that. So clearly multitasking is, is uh, <laughs> I love that. The zoo, hopefully we'll be able to go out to the Great Smokies. And then, didn't you say that we might go to Georgia for a conference? Too? Yeah, we'll be in savannah the first week in december for a conference out there that we get to speak at as well which is, oh wow. yeah and again yeah. this is all work work time you know personal time i know we have a family trip out to the mountains in the winter for right now and then we're just adding stuff because you know the fall is when once uh, a lot of our summer facilities start closing down we have the opportunity to get out and honestly man the fall time is great i mean it's great for mountains to the coast and everywhere in between to visit a park um, and we'll get to do that and then what's next for the podcast is out here trying to get our own tv show <laughs> <laughs> um i i you know um we like i said we're just um right now we're just shoring up all of our interviews lining them all up for next year because we'll do them in the fall um, and we have a lot of women headlining <laughs> <laughs> listen out for next year first of the month every month yeah I mean that's and then but for the rest of this year I, I would say one of the podcasts that I'm really excited for is the DOA the um so you know like there's the HOA homeowners association and when we talked when we talked with Rebecca from Yates Mill which is a county park she was game for one of our character storylines all right and she came up with the idea of the den owners association using the groundhog who he you know the groundhog uh will have its own den but but other animals will use it even while they're snoring away <laughs> sleeping other animals will come in and use it or steal its food and so it's coming off that premises of learning what animals might use kind of den uh, and what does that look like and you know what is it, he he's mad and he wants to go to the, the denos association meeting to talk about who's using his den because <laughs> he's that's a great uh, that's a great idea yeah. i'm looking forward to hearing that one so well how can people get in touch with you if they have a question to ask a ranger what's the best way to to reach you they can search for us on instagram just search for ask a ranger and follow us that way we answer our direct messages there you can also email us at ask a ranger at ncparks.gov and that goes to jeff and i both well thank you so much for spending part of your afternoon with me and like i was saying i really enjoy listening to your show and learning and i will take you up 
Um, when I get to North Carolina next, I am going to pick up my junior ranger patch. Nice. Perfect. All right. Perfect. It'd be great to meet you in person. All right. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks again for listening to my conversation today with Ranger Jess and Ranger Crystal. Please check out the show notes for links to their show as well as how to reach out to them. Again, you can check out at Ask a Ranger on Instagram and make sure you are connected to me as well at The Hike Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next week is my Halloween episode. I'm looking forward to bring you actually another ranger-inspired story, author and former park ranger for the National Park System, Andrea Lankford. I'm going to take you on a haunted hike and talk a little bit about her book, Haunted Hikes, Spine-Tingling Tales and Trails from North America's National Parks. Until next time, see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.